Welcome to Fix Your Focus, Let's Chat with Saida, where we have weekly conversations centered around mental health, self-empowerment, or relationships that provide growth, healing, and knowledge around the transitional periods that women go through in life. I'm your host, Saida Spencer Artis, a licensed marriage and family therapist and owner of Focus Therapy Clinic in Birmingham, Michigan. It is my mission to provide a place for women to listen, learn, and laugh while constantly evolving. I hope you enjoy listening to the show. And please remember, this show is not meant to be a substitute for working with a licensed mental health professional. You are listening to Fix Your Focus. Let's chat with Saida. Um, Thank you so much for joining today. Our guest today, her name is Iris, um, and she's in Atlanta, Georgia. And Iris, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am Iris Logan. I am a mother of four. Uh, I'm a licensed and ordained minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am a serial entrepreneur. I have a parent company, The Collective Enterprise. It covers the breadth and depth of life. I have a multitude of subsidiaries under it. I have a nonprofit organization for single fathers, a publishing company, of course, the ministry that I do, administrative and consulting. I have a music and media company, um, and I also uh, have some international speaking experience. All right, Iris. You just named off all kinds of amazing stuff. Um, So our topic today that we'll be discussing is um, women pushing through fear. Uh, some of those things that you named definitely tie into um, your expertise on this area. Uh, what are some of the common struggles you see women facing uh, when it comes to fear? One of the most common uh, issues I see, I've seen in myself, uh, my, my loop of friends and even clients that I've worked with and engaged with um, is that of control. Unfortunately, in this generation of life, we as women hold responsibilities that God did not originally intend for us to hold. And so when more things are are thrown at us than we can juggle, then we feel as if we have failed and we have to either react or act in such a manner, depending on what's inside of us comes out to, to maintain that control, to try to keep some semblance of order. And so, um, I always tell my girls uh, on a natural level, men are, are just more physically stronger than women are. I always tell them, you never try to fight a man straight up. You want to find something to hit him with and run because the littlest man is stronger than you every day of the week. The Bible says that first the natural things, then the spiritual things. And when, when things are out of order uh, and we can't handle them naturally, then it always translates and bounces back to Spiritually, things are out of order and it all on both levels gets to be too much for us. And we tend to have these breakdowns and um, we, we just we tornado and start to spiral out of control when things, you know, in our in our natural lives, we can't control. Then it just takes us somewhere else emotionally and spiritually. So control, uh, especially for women and for single mothers, uh, is, is a big thing that we have a problem with letting go of, especially uh, letting go of our children or, again, situations maybe in our work life and things that we can't control or when our plans don't go the way that we, we plan for them or set out for them to go. Where do you think um, 
just like looking at it from the therapeutic side, where do you think that that fear of control comes from? Oh, wow. Need for control, rather. My, my apologies, the need for control. The need for control, can I feel, can come from all different kind of avenues and aspects of life and even how we were raised and in our history. Um, I was raised by a single mother, so it was like total domination. You didn't dare step out of line because she had the issue of she couldn't afford for us to stay out of line. She had to keep it in control and keep it juggled. And so those things were put in me uh, how to control and have everything under control. I went through a period in my life where my girlfriends called me a drill sergeant because I didn't let my children have any freedom. And I know that's where it was instilled from. It was taught in me that way. Uh, In addition, I feel like we have these these, uh, norms placed on us and these expectations placed on us from society where everybody has a role and we're expected to fit and do a certain thing. Uh, We're we're often told to stay in our lane and, and do what it is you're supposed to do. And then, of course, we have all of these roles in church where you're, you're, you know, you're structured and you do this and you do that. And we, we sometimes feel like, you know, we have to uh, play the role and maintain or be good girls. And if we come outside of the box, then we're cr- causing a stir and we're making a scene, but it plays twofold against us because, if you just continue to do what you're supposed to do, then you're hindered in and then you, you want to break out. But at the same time, you, you got to have some kind of control to maintain yourself. So I think, you know, all of it comes into play just from life in general. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I think one of, a, a few of the things that you mentioned are really powerful, especially in regards to, um, the generational pieces, right? Because as mothers or our mothers or our grandmothers, the fear of, excuse me, what the world may do or how the world may um, perceive us or our children. And so having the need to control what's happening um, within our own home in order to ensure that all of these components pull together. Um, Do do you think that there is a certain level of fear in the the acceptance of self? Um, And when I say that, I mean, you know, I I may not have it all together. I may drop a ball. You know, I may not be able to make it to the three events that are planned in one day for both of my children. So is there fear and acceptance of, of ourselves as just individual women? Most definitely. Uh, We all have these inner inadequacies. Uh, We as women, though, tend to try to fix them and keep up the brave face. Men sometimes just don't deal with their emotions and how they're feeling. They stuff, you know, stuff, stuff, stuff things down or keep them in. We as women, though, are emotional, we're verbal, we, we talk. And so when fearful situations and circumstances arise, we are, they almost always force us to face the fears about us that are inside of us. Uh, there's the flight or, or fight battle going on inside of us when things like this occur. The Apostle Paul cries out in the New Testament, he says, um, oh, wretched man that I am, who will, who will deliver me from this body of death? Um, we have to always keep in mind, though, that God is always greater than any of our fears. 
I think we as women need to understand that God knows exactly who we are. He knows, you know, he knows all of these things about us and all these fears and turmoils we have going on on the inside. And I feel like we need to be able to understand and know that it is okay for us to be imperfect. Uh, and we, we usually tend to expect more from ourselves than God does. I, I was, you know, just battling with something, just something habitual that I'm still trying to work through. And, uh, I remember in prayer one, one night, God said, well, I never asked you to work on that. He said, that's not, you know, that's not something he had bought up and said, it's time for the work for us to work on. And I was steady trying to be great and be wonderful and do Wonder Woman as, especially as it is expected of black women and single black women as mothers. We again, let people put these roles on us and, and put these expectations on us. And we have this black girl magic like everything is all great and just because we're black women we can do it so beautifully with ease but nobody tells you about what happens when you're by yourself crying at night if you got to decide okay am i gonna call this man and put on some perfume and do something i really shouldn't do to make sure i can pay the rent nobody tells you that we lost at some point where our mother said to us okay you're a woman now now i'm going to tell you and show you the real thing and so we don't we don't have those things put in place. We just are steady looking at what society in general expects and tries to dictate of us. And it's unrealistic and really unnecessary. Um, we, we need to face our inadequacies and issues and things that are, are arrive. We need to face them one at a time. You eat an elephant bite by bite. Um, and one of the things that I love to encourage people to do in my ministry is when you're going through something, it's always going to bring up what's on the inside of you. And what you want to do is stand and face that thing. No matter how hard it is or how difficult it is, don't try to bulldoze through it. You know, just stand and let God work it out in you. And it's, it's, it's really easier than we think it is. When you go in for surgery, they don't just cut you. They give you anesthesia and you're sleeping. You don't know what's going on. So when we go through things, it's always going to work out and perfect something in us or show us something in us that we need to kind of pull together and recognize about us. Well, God doesn't just send us through something and throw us through it. No, he loves us. So as we're going through things, uh, he's actually comforting us and cushioning us and, you know, taking most of the blow for us. But we're so so pent up and so fearful and worried about things out of our control that we can't even see it's not as bad as I thought it was. And if I would just walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll come out on the other side. David said, I'm going through. That means you're going to come out on the other side. It's not even a valley of death. It's just shadows. It's just it's just shadows of something way far away from you. And so I think once we can accept that you know, to be inadequate or have fears about us on the inside is okay, then I think, you know, we'll, we can more easily answer into the rest of God and just live at peace in our lives and even enjoy a better relationship with God because we're not trying to hide or cover or figure out, you know, what it is we want to be vulnerable or transparent about. Yeah, because it's the inadequacies that make us truly authentic. Yes, ma'am. The inadequacies that make us beautiful, you know, um, and I always say um, uh, sometimes when clients call and they may say, okay, so how long is it going to take me to move past what I'm going through? 
Wow. I said, well, you know, 2% change. Everything happens gradually, you know, kind of like how you use the analogy of when you go into surgery and you go through all these individual steps before you get to the point of, um, you know, finishing the surgery, then you come out, you still got to heal, you have to recover, you have to take your time, and work your way back into where you were before, but nothing is the same as what it was before, because experience is gained in everything you go through. Um, I know for myself, when I was younger, I used to always say, uh, you know, Lord, just keep walking with me. Just keep walking with me. As long as I know you walking with me, I'm good. I'm going to be good. That was like my going everyday uh, prayer. And now because my relationship has changed as I have Mm -hmm. grown and matured and gone through certain experiences and I've been able to align with, okay, that's that's why I had to go through that. So I could figure this Mm -hmm. out. You know, um, now I can then take that and apply that to my everyday life. So that time that is spent praying or meditating or having conversation with God looks so much different than what it looked then. But the initial fact is that you started the conversation. Amen. Yes. I I can't uh, agree with the theory that God does not hear prayers of a sinner. That's nonsense because we were all in the place of needing the Lord Jesus Christ and needing God's help. So we all cried out and asked for his help. Uh, so many times we try to, mm, we try to, and even, even religion in a sense has put God in this way high up place when the word of God clearly tells us that God has come to us. And we have all these means and modes and different religions and different gods. And it, and it really hinders us from understanding the relationship that God seeks with us, uh, that we can be more open and transparent than we can be with a best friend we've had for the past 40 years. And again, as you said, once we develop relationship and we wholeheartedly open up and, and blossom like a flower and allow him to come in, fear has no place. The scripture that says perfect for mature love, cast out all fear. I am a living witness that that scripture is, is, is true and firm to its foundation. Uh, I lived in, in just a ridiculous amount of fear because of the situation of life that I was in. And I, I told God one day, I said, you can't change me. I said, I can't change myself. I even specifically said to God, I don't want to change and you can't change me because I like where I am. I'm comfortable with this fear, with this mindset. I know it. I can live in it. But he very clearly told me right back. He said, I'm going to take all of that fear away from you. And it wasn't six months later. I was I was delivered from that. And I look back uh, at how I thought and how I lived and I, and I just I laugh. Um, fear is so fake. It, it really is just an illusion. And if we can figure out which is not easy, um, how to just go past the illusion and just keep walking through the smoke screen. We'll see on the other side that it, it really isn't anything there. It dissipates and goes away. But again, as we have said, that comes with time and with practice and with maturity, one step at a time. 
Yeah, thank, I definitely agree with you. Um, Iris, we are going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we will talk a little bit more with Iris um, in regards to fear as well as, some, as well as some other projects and get a little bit more information about the nonprofit for fathers. So stay with us and we will be right back. Stay tuned to Fix Your Focus. Let's chat with Saida. Iris and um, I'm sorry let's chat with Saida and our guest today is Iris Logan um, and she is here talking to us a little bit about fear and how women can push through the idea of fear um, what it means to accept our accept ourselves as and what we need to do to move through some of those struggles um, so Iris before we went to break we were talking a little bit about the importance of um, prayer, the importance of the common, <clears throat> excuse me, the common struggles that you see us as women dealing with and how you work with some of the women to push through that. One of the key things that you mentioned was um, God hears the sinner. And I think that's really important because sometimes we come across, I don't even want to say just, just women, but people in general um, who feel like you know, if I pray, I've done, I've done certain things or I've been through certain areas. So I, 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 I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know where to start. Um, can you just talk a little bit about what you would say to a woman in that space, in that headspace? Know that prayer is not form, formality, or specific words. It's one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's as simple as God help me or you sitting down and, and boohooing and crying out every tear and fear and worry and concern that you have. He's the God of the whole earth. And so you want to understand that whether you are churchy or spiritual or mystic or whatever plane you're on, he's the God of the whole earth. He hears you and he knows you. He formed you and he made you. So many times uh, when I go to work with new clients, I end up ministering to them or praying with them. And they'll say to me, hey, I was just praying or, you know, I had that in my heart and I, I really needed an answer from God. Um, God is not bound or locked into a church or, you know, just talking to your mom. He doesn't just speak to your pastor. He loves you and he's concerned and cares about you. Uh, I have frequently said to my daughters, don't take your little pretty self out in the street talking about you're going to do street ministry and you're going to evangelize because there are drug dealers on the street who were raised from the time they were two months old up until the time they, they broke camp and left home in a church. They know scripture better than you and will eat you alive. They have an awesome, fantastic relationship with God. Why? In the midst of all of their sin, because they know the love of God. They understand and accept the work that Jesus Christ has done for them. They know that they are loved of God. The love of God is firm on the inside of them. They know him not to be a respecter of any person in any state or situation. And so I would, I would definitely say to any man, woman, boy, or child, God is near to you. He's, he's not just waiting, but he's even unbeknownst to you. He's, he's been in your life walking with you and working with you um, all alone. I think I think that's so important to hear because that is definitely something that comes up sometimes. Um, even I've heard it in my own circle. Uh, when you look at the generation um, generational stigmas that exist around therapy, 
Um, and is it possible <clears throat> to go to therapy versus just being religious? Do you feel like they go together, they're apart? What are your thoughts around that? <clears throat> it is not only possible, but it is necessary. Uh, my children and I endured a 15-year marriage of physical and emotional abuse, alcoholism, and homelessness. And I was avid in going to church as God was rebuilding building my relationship with him to know him intimately. Uh, and going to church and shouting and praying and, and singing alone were not enough to fully deliver us from the trauma we lived through. Uh, about two years after I had finally, you know, broken free physically from uh, my ex-husband, we didn't have any contact with him at all. Uh, it, it seemed like God pulled back, you know, the blinders off my eyes. And after two weeks consistently, all of my children kept asking me, mommy, can I go to the bathroom? Mommy, can I go to the bathroom? Mommy, can I go to the bathroom? And I got really frustrated and upset. But as I began to listen and think and meditate, I had come out of Lodabar in my mind, knowing that we were no longer bound and trapped to the abuse and the former lifestyle, but they hadn't. And so they were still functioning in their mind in that way. And I said, okay, God, um, I have to do something. And uh, just through praying and, and asking God, we, we encountered the most awesome physical therapist. She's a licensed professional counselor, uh, state and national. Her name is Jennifer Key. Her practice is in Conyers, Georgia. Her practice is called Keys to a Healthy Relationship. She's full of the spirit of God. She's well-versed in what she does professionally. She is, again, a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and when we sat down, and my prayer specifically was, God, I need somebody who has the Holy Ghost because there's stuff going on the inside of me and my children that I can't do on my own. I don't even know how to pray them through. I, I, you know, what scripture do I go to find to pray to fix? You know, that's the word of God says, who knows the spirit of a man, save a man, and who knows a man better than God? So I said, God, I need somebody who's going to be able to discern and see into the heart of me and my children. And we went and we had individual sessions and mom and, and son sessions and uh, family sessions. And as she began to talk to us and speak to us and minister to us, many things began to come about. Uh, but more than anything, she was able to help ease us out of things through the spirit of God and the spirit of peace that that dwells by you know, from knowing God. And so um, I most certainly know that prayer changes everything. Uh, it's just how God chooses to facilitate the work that he does. There are many people, other counselors I know, who will not um, put themselves in the, and say, I'm a Christian counselor because uh, they feel they can more effectively reach people uh, without, you know, having the stigma or people reel back and say, I don't want nobody who's going to try to church me or give me Jesus. M most certainly not. Again, God is the God of the whole earth. The Lord Jesus said, I came so that the whole world could have life. And so God is not just concerned about Christians and Catholics and, and, and Kojic and all that stuff. He's, he's not a religious God. He really is a God of love. He's our creator. And so however he chooses to 
to manifest and let himself work, then we need to be open to that. We are spiritual and we are natural. We are so good um, at, at, the, at the spiritual stuff. I mean, we got that down, girl. We can pray in the Holy Ghost and pass out and shout. We can prophesy. We can discern. We can pick the right scripture for something. We know how to lay hands and put the oil. We got that down. That, that ain't no issue. But natural? Oh, no. That is a fight. You know, God is still fighting with me to change my diet. It's hard. That's, that's the book of Romans said our natural carnal minds are enemy against God. It, it can't become subject and it doesn't want to unless we purposely take this spiritual word and renew our mind. Our natural isn't going to change. And so uh, we have that natural fight that's going on and we choose to ignore it sometimes. T.D. Jake said that. Uh, when he was young and they were poor, that him and his brother one fell and, and broke their arm or would have an asthma attack. And his mom would pray over them and put oil, or, you know, pray on them with some oil and send them on about their way because they couldn't afford to go take them to the doctor. OK, we do that. We we take natural stuff and try to apply a spiritual principle to it. No, it doesn't work that way. Again, the word of God says first the natural, then the spirit. It says that Adam was made from the earth. And then the spirit of God was breathed into him and made him a living spirit body. So we have to know that um, God is not, he's, he's just as concerned with our natural as he is with our spiritual. And sometimes because he's, he's concerned about them both, he will put us in an uncomfortable natural situation to encourage us to, you know, make a natural turnaround. So I most definitely uh, love that, you know, God meets us right where we are and he's concerned about our whole man, not not just whether we're going to fall out and go to church. Um, The book of Revelation says that many will stand before the Lord Jesus and said, I did all of this spiritual work in your name. And he's going to say, I don't know you. I, I have no idea who you are. Back up. So uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a great component. I'm a great um, proponent of, of, of therapy and counseling because, again, God is going to work and we have to allow him to work however he's going to work. Yeah, I think, I think that's important. Um, sometimes people do get tripped up or resistant, have a certain level of resistance to um, therapy. And that is just an ongoing um, struggle that hopefully over time will eventually begin to break down and get better and better and better, um, especially in minority communities. How do uh, we as women empower ourselves to manage the scary moments of the unknown? The very first thing that I found helpful is that I I have a group. I have a circle of friends, uh, like if you drop a pebble in the lake, you get a small circle and they get bigger and bigger and wider as it expands. And mm-hmm. so I think we should have those in our lives. We have a close circle and then an associate circle and all of those good things. Even in business, I have, or everyone should have a network, what we call our loop of people in every industry and area that we reach out to and work with. And that it in, in, t- in turn allows them to do the same thing with their own network, keeping us all connected. But I most definitely find it 
to be of a great benefit to have people in, in my loop and in my circle that we can stay connected and stand together. Um, I have friends who are saved and love God and serve him faithfully. I have friends who are not saved, don't have any intention on being saved. They're not trying to hear nothing about God right now, but that does not displace them or denote that they are not valuable in my life. Uh, They serve their own purpose uh, in my life. And so I think that's the very first thing that we can do. And of course, we want to always know that God is nigh unto us. He won't leave us or forsake us. I want us to also keep in mind that the, the the therapy and counseling piece can be so much of a benefit. Even if you don't have an urgent issue going on right now, just sit down and talk to somebody. To have a neutral party to talk to uh, is yeah, conversation. Un- yeah, is unreal because you get the benefit of unloading and venting without having to mix your words or remember, okay, I'm talking to XYZ and she doesn't like XYZ. Well, she can't handle that because she's not in that place emotionally. You can talk to somebody and totally unload mm-hmm. uh, and let them debrief you and say, okay, glad you got it out. They can look at you and say, you know, I want you to take a little time off or maybe you should put a hold on that relationship. You just need to relax or spend more time with the kids because they're objective on the outside looking in. They don't know you. So most definitely make sure that you're in connection with God. Uh, I want people to understand that going to church does not put you in connection with God. We know plenty Mm, of people. Please say that again. (laughs) And going to church does not mean connection with God. I know many people who going to bust hell wide open and all they do is sit up in the church Wednesday, Sunday, and Saturday night. That is not relationship with God. The word of God actually tells us that eternal life is not going to heaven and living forever. The Lord Jesus said eternal life is to know God the Father, to be intimate and have relationship with him and talk with him every day. Understand, beloved, everyone will live forever. You're either going to live forever in heaven or in hell. But eternal life, to know him who is eternal and dwells forever, that is life. The Lord Jesus said, I am the word of God made flesh. I'm my father who came down here to give you eternal life. You receive eternal life and get back into relationship and able to know God through Jesus Christ. And he said he came to give it to us more abundantly to the full until it overflows. So it wasn't God's plan for us to get to heaven and have great life there. Jesus came and bought us life here so we can have great life here as well. So know God in whatever circumstance that you are in or whoever you are, he's going to meet you right where you are. He's not going to come talk scripture to you because you don't know scripture. He's going to come talk to you like you, his, you know, like our friends on the street. He's going to meet you where you are because he's a personal, intimate God. He made you. Have a circle of friends. Have a different circle of friends. Have different people in your lives. Of course, we all know different people for different seasons. Have them for different seasons yeah. and different reasons in your life. Please don't hang on to people who you know you need to let go of. And of course, I'll, you know, even if, if you don't go to an individual council, find you a support group. There are all kind of different support groups or different scenarios and situations. I have a girlfriend. Her husband has been in prison for five years. They have great support groups uh, for situations like that. And they have children, you know, children, no children. Find a support group and a group of people. Lastly, I want everybody to love you. 
regardless of who you are, where you're at, what you've done, where you've been, love you, flaws and all. You're yes. great just like you are. Accept you because as we said earlier, your flaws are what make you great. Mm-hmm. It, it's your flavor and your spice. It's who you are. Your imperfections set you aside from everybody and make you stand up and stand out. And at such time, if God deems, okay, it's time to clean that up or let's put that aside, you continue to just do you and be you and be the best you that you can be. And, you know, the thing with support groups is it kind of ties back in once again to the idea of fear, because when you go to the support group, that means that you have to open up and share at a certain point. Um, mm. And I think one of the best things about whether finding a support group, a group of friends, um, you know, any kind of support systems, uh, even a counselor, a therapist, a doctor, anything, is it has to be a judgment-free zone. And so for anyone that has walked into um, a situation where they are feeling like it is judgment, it is okay to go and look for another circle. It's okay yeah, to go look for another support group. Um, you know, it, it kind of works just like when you go and you look for a primary care physician. If that person doesn't have good side manner, you don't give up because you got to keep going to the doctor. You find someone new. You know, because the ultimate goal is working on self. That is, that's definitely the ultimate goal. Um, yeah, I, I support groups most. I'm a huge, huge fan of having a support group, group therapy, anything, because t- to me, there is nothing like the power of laughter to just leave a certain amount. When you mention your group of girlfriends and how you guys get together and you talk and you enjoy one another, it's nothing like the power of laughter. Um, Me and my girlfriends, maybe two years ago, we made a commitment to one another that every single month on the third Saturday of the month, we get together same time, rain or shine. Even, you know, through the the health crisis and the pandemic, we're getting together on Zoom. We're not missing a beat because that is our time to come together with one another, judgment-free zone, laugh, joke, pray, scream, cry, whatever we need because we're there for one another. So one of the things that um, that I had we spoke about before was the remade women's conference. Can you just tell me a little bit about your participation in that? The remade women's conference is a uh, women's conference hosted by the hot ministry and LaGrange, Georgia, the house of transformation, miracle ministries, apostle Parisi Parker. And I had been invited for the past couple of years to speak on varying topics. Uh, apostle Parker is very big on, uh, not just encouraging women, but because she's so apostolic, such a wonderful woman of God, she will push you. She has a book called uh, entitled Power to Push You. And I, I visited her church. Uh, I was with some uh, some gospel artists through my entertainment company, and they were ministering at another uh, event that her ministry was, was placing. And she gave me the book and it said, Power to Push You. And what she does for women through her ministry is she pushes you. She puts her foot in your back 
And by the wind of the spirit of God, she pushes you to the next step, the next level, the next window of dimension of where it is you need to be. And so with all of that needing to be done, there has to come about a change in you spiritually and naturally for you to begin to elevate and climb to where it is God wants you to be. Even if it's just to move you from being a mediocre, okay mom to being the best mom you can be. You have to be made whole and be made over. Um, and so God is, is close to the broken heart. And he's, he's near to us in our times of trouble and famine. So let us not fear or be dismayed during this time of pandemic, whatever mess it is. People want to continue to name it and give power to it. Okay, guys, so we're going to get off track for a minute. So the Bible tells us that there is a name in heaven and in earth and under earth. And in this name, all power and authority in heaven and in earth has been given to it. You see, titles are official. When you use a title and a proper capitalized name, it's used to uh, signify the authority and the power and the prominence of that name in that position. But the name that is above everything and everything named is the name of Jesus Christ. And so as we as believers, and even of those of us who are unsure if we're trusting God at this time, we want to take the words coronavirus and COVID-19 out of our mouth and quit giving it power and rise and authority. Because even though it's outside right now, if you continue to speak it and draw it and call it unto you, it's going to knock on your door and come in. So we're going to clamp up our mouths and we're going to hush it up and we're going to start to speak and declare the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, the Remade Women's Conference is just that. It is to spotlight individual women to uh, to encourage other women to say, wherever you are, I was here and now I'm here. And if you continue to press on, you can be there. Uh, it does a, a highlight of, of entrepreneurial businesses, of ministries, all those things in between, you know, good information, encouragement. Uh, and just to let you know that you don't have to remake yourself, but it, as you submit and be willing that God will, will remake you and make you into the woman that he called you to be. Um, can you also tell us a little bit, because earlier you mentioned your nonprofit for fathers. Um, can you also tell us a little bit about that? Uh, God gave me the charge to create a, a nonprofit organization. It is a 501c3 nonprofit organization called About My Daddy Business. And the purpose of the organization is to level the playing field for single fathers. Uh, last year, when I pulled the census numbers, the, uh, the percentage of truly single fathers in the United States almost quadrupled from five years ago but they are underserved. Unfortunately, in these United States, single mothers uh, are given everything. We know that the system is set up to encourage us as women, single individual women and as mothers to not necessarily need a man or any other support. But if I go anywhere and say I'm a single mom, I can get anything it is I want or need. Doors are closed on single fathers who need help. They struggle. Uh, I don't feel as if God necessarily put them together to be nurturers uh, as we as women are. And so uh, about my daddy business seeks to offer assistance in raising truly single fathers, that is fathers who raise them. They have full physical custody day to day. I do it all. I'm their mother and their father. 
And so I offer administrative support as to how to get your baby registered to school. How do I get a birth certificate? How do I get a social security card? Can you help me file for child support? Uh, what, you know, all of those things in between. Um, uh, we also offer spiritual support, support groups, you know, hey, let's connect with other men. We have some, um, soon we'll have the online streaming up where they can get on demand, you know, um, church services or one-on-one individual services with different ministers. Uh, many men work really crazy schedules and, uh, you know, they need all the help they can get. Then, so there's the administrative support, there's the spiritual support, there's the uh, the psychological support where they can come in and sit and talk with a counselor. And then there's most importantly, I feel the practical support, the day-to-day hands-on seminars and hands-on, how do I wash my daughter's hair? I don't know how to do hair. Um, how do I explain to my daughter what her cycle is? How do I, t- most men don't even understand the purpose of a cycle. There are men been married 30, 50 years. They don't know when their wife has a cycle. All of that eludes them. Um, they don't know how to shop for, you know, for children. They don't know how to put a budget together. They don't know how to make a menu for the week and go grocery shopping. All of those practical things that men don't know how to do. The emotional support will help them, you know, learn with their children, how to talk and connect with their children and, you know, reach into their nurturing side. Uh, I'm also a big advocate on, okay, they need to learn how to navigate all of these issues and situations that are going to occur when they say, well, when is mommy coming back? She isn't coming back. I can't see grandma yes. anymore. Why yes. won't I see my auntie? You know, how you, you negotiate all of that and figure out when it's time to let the children go see the other non-custodial parent and just encourage men to know that you all, you all are not alone just in the past four years and just, you know, doing business with my administrative and consulting service a bulk of my business started to be like really, truly single fathers. And I also bumped into men who said, okay, enough is enough. My baby mama just got her nails done, but my son ain't got no shoes. I just paid $500 child support, but he don't have shoes. So I'm going to get custody. How do I get custody? Can you help me walk through all of those things? Um, I have going on eight years of, of paralegal work. So I've, I've had men say, hey, can you help me walk through this divorce? And you know, help me with custody or legitimation, all of those things. So, uh, you know, I'm just, again, looking to level the playing field and, and help out, you know, real single fathers as much as possible. And that definitely sounds like an awesome movement, um, especially because you, I run across a lot of fathers who are looking for resources or um, here in Michigan who are looking for resources or support on what they need to do for steps moving forward. Um, <clears throat> so we are going to take a short break. When we come back, um, we will close out uh, and Iris um, will give us how we can reach her or find her if we're interested in any of these services or just want to connect for a good word. Um, So stay right with us. Stay tuned to Fix Your Focus. Let's chat with Saida. Back with Fix Your Focus. Let's chat with Saida. Um, If you're just now joining us, our guest for today was Iris Logan, Um, and Iris has just been talking to us about um, working through the fear um, that we may have as women and some of the different components that are compiled with that, uh, whether it be uh, components of religion, um, 
components of therapy and just moving past those scary moments and being okay with ourselves as individuals. Um, so Iris, I, I appreciate you coming on today and talking to us about all of this. Um, one of the questions that I had kind of as a closeout for the show is um, when, you, when you think about self-care, um, sometimes people refer to it in so many different realms. For me, of course, I think about self-care in the therapeutic sense, like mind, body, and soul. Um, so if you could just talk a little bit about um, what your message would be to those individual women who need to figure out how to create intimate moments with God, just that individual meditation time, what would be your suggestion um, for those women who don't currently have that? First of all, I totally agree. Uh, Self-care should be emotional, physical, and spiritual. If you're not doing anything physically for yourself, do it. Uh, you don't want to get five, 10 years down the line and realize, man, I'm burnt out. I'm mentally a mess. Do it. If it's nothing more than putting the kids to sleep early, locking yourself in, in your room and just watching your favorite movies and getting you something from your favorite restaurant. Any downtime is good. Uh, and as you do it, you'll see it becomes easier and you'll look forward to it. We as women have so much going on, so many responsibilities that we sometimes feel uh, guilty if we're not doing anything at all or we feel as if we're wasting time. Uh, please know that uh, you cannot love your neighbor if you don't love yourself on every level. Make a practice of putting PTO, personal time off, into your calendar. It has to be mandatory. As you're moving forward, planning stuff ahead for later in the month, pick a day and write it down as at the top of the month and put it in there. And that way, when it's coming time to, to plan a book for that part of the month or the week, you say no. Start where you are. Even if you only give yourself three hours, even if you can only find yourself holding still and doing nothing for one hour, do it. Because just as you start to walk and take one step, God is going to meet you where you are. In terms of spiritually spending time with God, that is what he'll do. God will meet you right where you are. I found when I was able to start to audibly hear the voice of God, I would only hear him in the shower and then only in the car because those are the places where I was uh, quiet or I was kind of hemmed in and I couldn't really get out and run or I didn't right. have any distractions if the kids didn't come in and knock on the door and want something. Um, so, you're, you know, I would be in the car driving. Even if I had music going, he would start to speak to me or I would get an impression. So one, definitely make sure that you do it. Start small if you have to and graduate. Spending time with God. Start small if you have to and go big. Mm, the beautiful thing about Spending time with God is, and you'll keep hearing me say, he's going to meet you where you are. Even if you get up in the morning and you only read one scripture, eventually as you do one scripture, one verse a day, God will graduate you and pull you to him where then you're going to be reading a chapter, a verse. Uh, another thing I would recommend is you can journal. Yes. You can journal. If you get up, again, if you get up in the morning, get a write one line. Okay, it's, it's 7.30. I got to get up. And that's it. 
if, if you write one word, two lines or something, it will build. It'll build, it'll build, it'll build. Uh, get yourself the prettiest, most expensive journal and a big fluffy pen, making it inviting and exciting for you. Uh, <clears throat> decorate it, personalize it, do whatever it is you do. Some of us are technical. Pick up your phone and, and say good morning to yourself and record it and keep going. You know, eventually you're going to end up with a book uh, or, you know, you'll have your written testimony. But go step by step. Your physical and your spiritual, excuse me, your spiritual and your physical and your natural. And then you'll see as you bring these two components will come together, it actually will psychologically and mentally move you to a whole different area. And then it'll put you in a position where you can more easily share, where you'll be able to go to a support group and make some of that some of your personal time or to be able to sit down and talk with a friend one-on-one. -on -one. Ladies, believe it or not, it'll even make you nicer and better yes. to get along yeah. with. Men will be more attracted to you. I lie to you not because we can't see ourselves from the outside. But if a man walk up to you and say, well, what you so angry? What you so mad? Well, who hurts you? Hey, man, I'm angry. I'm good now. That dude can see that you are an angry black woman once he starts talking to you and he's going to go the other way. But as you start to do this self-care, you will be made whole and all of that junk will come out of you and you'll be able to see it and say, I don't want that. I don't want to be that way. Your joy and your happiness and your peace will come because you're incorporating those things into your spirit and into your natural. So it's, it's not, again, it's not necessary. It is vitally important to life. Um, we know the Lord Jesus pulled himself aside. He told the disciples, y'all go to the other side. I'm going to stay over here on the mountain for the night, and I'll meet y'all on the other side. They got the trip and then messed Jesus up. He's like, oh, I got to come down the mountain and go save y'all. I need my time alone. Me and my daddy need to talk. Even if you're not hearing God audibly or you're not praying long prayers, you know, if if you just get up and go to the break room during the day and you just sitting there and you're talking to God, if that's how you meet him, then then do that. God is going to gonna flow with you. God isn't going to force himself and impede himself. Please don't let people make you afraid of he's this big bad God and you're going to serve him and you got to keep his commandments. No, ma'am. No, sir. Not so. Again, he's going to meet you right where you are. So do what you feel is good and right and natural for you in terms of spending time with God. Uh, just say, okay, God, this is the best I can do right now. You know, I can't get with the bees and the vows and I, ain't, I, ain't, I can't get with getting on my knees. But, you know, you my dog, God, I, I got you. We're going to ride tonight before I fall off to sleep. Something like that. But self-care in every uh, area and aspect is so vitally important. And as you can start to just do it in one area, all the other components will come together. Yes, self-care. Uh, and I'm, I'm a big fan of journaling um, because not only are you working through what's happening, you're also just putting it out there. It's, it's it's just kind of like uh, throwing up on the page. Get it right on out. Don't process yeah. the thought. Don't organize the thought. Write it down. Yeah. And then as you write My it down, you can begin to break it down to understand it mm -hmm. even more. My favorite part of journaling is I can look back and see where I was in comparison to where I am now. Yes. It, it allows me to see my growth, and it also gives me a great reminder of what situation I was in and what God did and how he brought me out. I always tell people, he's God. 
He has a gazillion different ways to bring you out and fix it, but he only needs one. And so when I sit back and look and think at some of the things he did, I was like, wow, that that was only you. Only you could have orchestrated that. I couldn't have done it. And so it's going to build your faith and it's going to encourage you to want to grab hold of God and, and hang on to him like a bulldog with his jaws locked. So, yeah, I really, really love journaling. Uh, once I was taught to journal and I kind of broke through it um, about five years ago, I encouraged my girls to do it. And so they have all these pretty journals. And when I go places, I'll find them stuff and, and find them stuff to let them decorate in uh, and play with it. And it, it does worlds of good. I agree. So, Iris, can you tell the audience how they can reach you, all the different platforms they can reach out to you on? You can find me on Facebook at the Lady Phoenix Ministry. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, the Collective Enterprise is my parent company. You can find us all on Twitter under the Collective Enterprise or individually at the Dotted Line Administrative and Consulting Service about my daddy business uh, and Iridescent Publishing, Iris Logan International, in the spirit music, media, and production. You can always Contact me directly at 404-734-2267 or by email at thecollectiveenterprise at yahoo.com. Well, Iris, I thank you so much for coming on the show today and just sharing pieces of your own story in order to help um, women be able to one possibly identify if it's a piece of their story or just be able to know that even if fear does exist knowing where and how they can move past that fear so i definitely appreciate you for coming on and sharing that piece of yourself and your family with um with the show thank you so much if if there are any ladies listening Please, again, feel free to contact me directly. If you like prayer, get a face-to-face, some one-on-one with God. Um, my number again is 404-734-2267. All right, Iris. Well, I thank you. Uh, I thank the listeners for staying with us today and listening. And um, you be blessed. Thank you so much. God be with you. Thank you for tuning into the show with Saida.